Hey guys, welcome to the first ever episode of The Strongman Show. I am Big Loz. This is the caveman, Marcus Charman. How are you doing, buddy? I'm very good. Very, very good. I feel like I should be wearing a tie. But <laughs> we should be kind of a little bit smarter, shouldn't we, for this? Yeah, well, this is, to be fair, we have tops on. That's not bad for That's a uh, good start. Yeah, yeah. I think probably five yeah. minutes, we were both topless, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> five minutes ago. It's a whole new audience. But no, I'm really excited. I know that we spoke about this a little while ago. Um, the idea of talking all things strongman and just actually having a, a platform in which to sort of discuss things from a professional side, obviously a fan, and sort of, uh, you know, inside the industry side of it. Really, really looking forward to this. Yeah, we've been we, we've been wanting to do this for a while, and I kind of I kind of feel Strongman needs this. We need something where fans can enjoy a weekly episode talking about the things they love. We're going to focus on competition results. Obviously, this weekend there's been a number of things going on, so it's a nice easy one. But we're going to look at athlete profiles. Marcus is going to bring us a lot of um, the, the kind of up and coming athletes and contests and people to look out for. We're going to do giveaways and, you know, we're going, to, we're going to once a month try and do like a live show as well where you guys can just fire in your questions, ask us anything at all, and we'll just discuss things, anything Strongman related. But it's going to be fun. We're going to try and keep these to under an hour because you and me can talk, especially you. <laughs> no, that is true. I try with the talking strongman to sit back and let people talk now, but sometimes I'm going to have to get in and stop you. We might have to set up yeah, like a five-minute timer. For, um... well, I've been practicing for an endurance event, so uh, <laughs> we're, we're golden on that one. Anyway, let's get straight into it. We're going to obviously talk about Europe's Strongest Man this weekend. That's the first contest, um, first big contest we have seen put on since, I guess, the Arnolds, which was put on behind closed doors. Yeah. Um, this as well was put on behind closed doors. It's been a very, very strange year. And we, we all know, we, you know, we don't need to talk about that side of things. We know it's been a strange year. Europe's Strongest Man. All right, I'm going to give them a pass. I'm calling it Europe's Strongest Man this year because, you know, we don't even know, you know, there's a lot of guys pulling out of worlds already. It's a very strange year. A lot of people either are injured, they can't travel. There's, you know, many situations that are causing comps to i guess be weaker than we'd like in terms of getting the big names it's just there. A disruption it's a disruption obviously we know you know there's a you, you've already put a video out you know kind of explaining to a point why this has been termed the way that it has i think for most for the most part you know we, we can just term it a giant's live show um i think for television purposes and obviously for the sake of capturing a slot on television to ensure that the next one happens it has to come with a title um, so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we're in a compromised position, but the main thing is they managed to accrue um, a number of athletes, put them in a, put them in a venue, um, and away you go. Competing's competing. You know, you can argue the toss when it comes through to the validation of, of who should be there, but the realism is that you couldn't. So it is what it is. You know, the, 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 the realism of it is you can only beat who's put in front of you. Exactly. As an athlete. We've seen we've seen shocks before, and you know, for some, I suppose there was a few shocks. You know, for for a number of us, it's kind of okay. It's it's nice to actually see these people, you know, get a little bit of a go. Um, and I think it's it, it gives us a few answers to questions that have always been out there. Um, but it also opens the door, I think, for being able to maybe look at blooding a few more people because 
it's not about how statically strong you are. It's not about how you know, impressive you can look in a gym. Competition is one thing above and beyond everything else. And that's, that's why it's great to see some live action again. Yeah. You, know, we, you can sit back beforehand and discuss things, and you and me have done that many times. Every, all of us yeah. as fans, we like to give our opinion. But until everyone gets in that arena and you know, competes and copes with the elements, copes with the pressure of being under competition, you do not know what's going to happen. Yeah. And we saw that straight away with the log lift. First event, a lot of guys underperforming on what they have been talking about or what we've seen them doing in the gym. Graham Hicks, I think, performing exceptionally well, hitting a British record uh, with 220 kilos. He went yeah. for the world record. Now, I, I spoke to Hicksy last night, so a little bit of inside information. Hicksy was telling me he, he went in there confident that he was going to break the record. But obviously, he's been training indoors. You know, we expect a lot of these arena shows now to be indoors with, with lovely conditions, usually very, very hot, actually, inside the um, indoor arena shows. Obviously, this was in the castle. It was outdoors in the castle, and it was windy as hell, apparently. Really, really cold. Uh, that's, you know, that's strongman back in my day. That's what it was like. It was all outdoors. You just got to get used to the elements. But it was very, very cold, apparently. He, he felt really good on the 220. Went for the two. Oh, he, he then had a uh, because there was. I think one of the issues Hicksy had is no one was pushing him on the log. Yeah, you know he, he probably needed, he sat there alone. So once he needed like once, a, once people had failed their two hundreds and one ninety twos, he's just there having a training session with a load well, of people watching. That's him. the thing. I mean, no one else got one ninety or one ninety two. So he yeah. went two hundred, two twenty, all on his own. Yeah. You know, and then he sat there in the cold. And he felt like he's just, his muscle seized up. He struggled with the clean on the 130. That was the issue. He, he just literally, his back seized up. Apparently. As soon as he picked it up, he was just like, I just can't do it. And, yeah. you know, I was talking to him last night. He knows he's good enough to press that kind of weight now. But he's realistic as well. He understands in competition, things happen. You cope with the environment. You cope with the situation. Most of the guys underperformed on what they were capable of. Hicksy is underperformed by 10 kilos. <laughs> you know, that's, well, the that's thing is, I, I, I would counter... I would counter that a little because what you're looking at, if you're looking at underperformance, you're underperforming to what? Something that's never been done before. There is no underperformance. You know, in well, terms of expectation, what he, he feels he's capable of, whereas you've got guys there claiming 200 kilo logs that have yeah. failed 180. So but what we're looking at each time is we're looking at when you're looking to do something that is unsurpassed, then you are virtually working through to a pretty detailed environment. You know, Throwing in a, you know, if you suddenly take some of the best lifts that have ever happened and then you suddenly put them in the middle of a bloody, you know, minus two hurricane, you know, you're going to expect a different result. And whilst it wasn't as extreme, it doesn't take too much to negate some of the positives that you have when you come in. You know, being warm, getting your tempo, getting your rhythm. We know just under filming itself that that can throw you out of sync. Well, he, he, just, just talking to him last night, he just said, you know, I didn't get my food right. I was just trying to focus on drinking. He wasn't kind of you know, getting any nutrients into his body. Long, long day of competing. Um, I'm not trying to make excuses for Hicksy because he's a great, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll be the first to, to congratulate the guys that won. But I, I feel static wise, I think he's one of the strongest men on the planet right now. And, you know, I was talking to him again last night about going to Worlds. I don't think he needs to get any stronger. No. He needs to focus on being as well prepared as, as he possibly can. And yeah, I actually think... If he is well prepared. Yeah, the environment is the thing that you have to adapt to. Yeah, we saw that with some of the bigger guys last year. 
you know, the moment you put them on sand, being 200 kilos and trying to run on sand, actually running with an implement isn't the hardest thing. It's running without an implement. I mean, you know, it's one thing when, I guess I've got that experience, you know, I've competed in 40 degrees blistering heat. I've competed in minus 30 degrees in Lapland where your nostrils yeah. are, hairs are freezing. It's very, very different to nice, perfect conditions. You know, when we all go to the gym, we train for about an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it might be. You go through your, your normal routine. When you're at a competition, everything's thrown out. And that is the difference, I guess, between, you know, this is the first time we've seen guys back in competition. And it's, it's what we all crave. I've loved yeah. the, I've loved the um, World Ultimate Strongman Feats of Strength. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the next series because it gives us something to focus on. It gives the guys something to focus on. But competition is what we, we train for. It's where that kind of excitement comes in. And the element of competition always brings up surprises. I think throwing a bit of perspective into it, when you look at what everyone else did and the way that he manhandled 220 and base, very little leg drive, basically, basically strict pressed it, um, and the comfort and control of holding now is just, it's not, it's not a case now of where you look and say, right, okay, it's, you know, maybe another little bit of a, a routine work through, maybe six to eight weeks and you're going to be done. No, it's there. Yeah. It genuinely is there under good conditions, don't have to be perfect because I don't think he's at the point now where he needs to be almost Palomino horse to it. You know, you're talking a shy horse. This boy will get the job done. I just think that you take into account what exactly what happened. I think anyone that's played sports, when you go through to a certain bit and you subbed off or you've just got a bit of a, a break in play, you know, the moment the cold hits you. And the, the, the issue that you have, especially with the bigger bodies, of where you're looking, and we said, you know, Graham's into sort of like the 160 category. He's a big boy. There is a huge gulf between where your heart and your blood starts from and the extremities of where you've got to go to warm something like that. You know, this hindsight and all that, maybe put a rugby shell suit on, you know, like a sub suit, keep yourself warm. Yeah, and, Just, and, but you know, this, is, this is the he, Brian Shaw effect. This is the devil's Hicks, Hicksy on the phone to me yesterday even said, like, Colin Bryce was offering him, like, blankets and stuff like that. He just thought he didn't need it. Yeah. In hindsight, Let probably taking that, you know, as an option. But we learn from our mistakes. Yeah. And it's I'm not sure a bad day at the office when you can basically do funny and still take a British record. Yeah, exactly. First time in competition so, he's lifted that kind of weight and yeah. in those conditions as well. You know, he failed that weight in perfect conditions the year before. So yeah. it shows the, the I think an honourable mention has to go to some of the young lads that stepped in. You know, we know them because they've trained uh, in and around us, you've coached two of these guys, um, but I think especially with uh, with young Jack, you know, being able to, you know, he has made that his own as a junior, um, a junior event, but he's in the realms now where he's, he he can happily stand sort of shoulder to shoulder with people uh, and press effectively. You know, I'm not going to call him a one trick pony because at his level, you know, he's he's good, he's adaptable. You know, everyone has weak events, everyone has strong events, I think. But to actually step in, stand on that platform and actually deliver is, is very, very good. So I'm, I'm impressed to see I that. Was, I, I was over the moon for Jack and for Alex, to be honest. I mean, both of them massively out of their depth. Let's not yes. beat around the bush. Um, yes. And just so everyone understands, they're there because, you know, they're representing different countries. They're, they're, they're taking the, the cards... They've, they, they've been given, you know, that card of their, their dual nationality. You're in a situation where we're struggling to get anyone to compete. There's already too many English guys competing. 
they've had to look down the list. Both of them have overperformed. I mean, you know, a year ago, Alex would have been failing a, a 150 log. Now he's gone and smashed a 180 log against some of the best guys in the country, some of the best guys in the world, you know, beating some big, big names. You know, Alex beat, you know, Adam Bishop on the log. That's pretty awesome. He beat, you know, Mark Felix, Terry Hollands. And, and we know that Jack's really good at the log. Jack is the, you know, British junior record holder. I'm convinced in, in within six months' time, he's going to go over 200 kilos on the log. He will both, take the world record, I think. Both of them need to bring up their whole game. But this is going to be a great opportunity, hopefully motivate them to go away from it, learn, be inspired by seeing some of these top-level athletes. And maybe in two, three years' time, these guys are going to be contenders. Yeah. So the runners and riders for the next events... Because we have front hold after this, didn't we? Front hold was next. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we've just talked about the the log, and obviously Hixie was the big name. Aaron Page actually probably underperforming on the log. Um, spoke to him yesterday again. Good, good all round performance actually by Aaron, but he felt like a couple of events he just messed up a little bit. Um, so I, I really genuinely expected him to be pushing Hixie, to be quite honest. But conditions got the better of him, and, and Aaron is a very technical log lifter, whereas. Hixie's got that brute strength and that brute strength probably is why he can get closer to his his 100% sort of effort in any conditions whereas Aaron would need more of those perfect conditions I believe but yeah let's move on to the the whole competition because I mean without going into every event let's let's talk about this was always going to be a battle with with the guys pulling out obviously Lalas couldn't turn up Luke Stoltman, um, we'll talk about him later <laughs> but um, yeah he obviously wasn't wasn't there it was always going to come down to Luke Richardson and Adam Bishop in this show. Yeah. I think they were... It doesn't surprise me in the slightest. You know, I was still you know, training with you when we were speaking about him and the years before when I first sort of mentioned him as like this, you know, as I call him, a tubby powerlifter. Um, but this adaptability, and it was just this sort of mindset towards it. Um, you know, you've, you've mentioned before that he's, you know, Walk through into OSG for for Europe's was a um, you know a complete immersion into the sport because all of a sudden you got high from doing well on something you're good at and then you realised you know what I can be as strong as I am but I'm not very good you know you are you are designed by your events and how much effort and application you put into them and I think it's testament to his training and his attitude um, of which now validates I think a lot of the comments from those people that have been close to him that said look. You really do need to watch this guy because, you know, this isn't the great white hope. This is genuinely someone that has something above and beyond what very, very talented people have seen before with a little cherry on top. And I think, you know, I think in our previous show when we spoke, just said, look, this is probably the one, regardless of who's around him, but I think this is the one where people will actually sit now and go, I actually see what all the hype is about. And he oh. delivered Without question. I mean, as we said at the start, you can only beat who's in front of you. Yep. He has put on a tremendous all-round performance. Consistency on every single event. And let's remember, this was a nine-event competition. Yeah. You know, hats off to the Giants Live for making that happen because I'm one that, that always says, you want to decide one of the best in the world. Five events isn't enough. So yeah. fair play to them for putting on, you know, such a comp uh, with varied events and a few different events yeah. as well thrown in there. But um, he, he has performed consistently. Adam Bishop did extremely well. Let's, let's not kind of, you know, knock Adam. He, he got Bishop's in great shape. 
Day um, one, he, day, day one, I thought Luke had it. He was running away with it. Yeah. Bish got himself two points in the lead going into the Atlas Stones and unfortunately made a mistake. And that's something that happens on Atlas Stones. And again, it comes back to you never know what's going to happen. You know, yeah. there's, 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 been, there's been so many situations where if we knew exactly what was going to happen in the sports and, or our sport and other sports, it would be boring to watch. It makes it yeah. interesting. And those events like Atlas Stones where just a slight slip, the stone goes over the platform, that, that, that changes everything. You know, if he didn't make that mistake and he blitzed every stone how he wanted to, he would have walked away with the title. So you've got two incredible athletes from the UK going to World's Strongest Man. You've got two more in um, the Stoltman brothers joining them. You know, you could have four guys from, from England in the final of World's Strongest Man. Yeah. It's, um, you know... It's... Well, yeah, because I say you've got um, Stoltman's, Bishop, Hicks, uh, Luke Richardson. You know, it's just... And then... Luke's this is his fourth ever competition ever um, and Bish I'd probably say was as dialed in as he's going to be because if you were going to shut the door if you're going to shut the country down and shut the doors the one person you'd probably say you could expect just to be diligent effective and use his time wisely is Alan Bishop yeah because he's that type of guy the only thing that I've you know like I know that this is probably putting a little bit of a target on my back for sort of highlighting it, but he's prone to mistakes. He is prone to mistakes. And I don't think that's anything other than his own self-expectation. I think it would be lovely just to see someone just back him down a notch because I think him just easing off a touch, like you said, he's very dialed in. He's very, very detailed on what he does. But I think just a tiny little bit of calm to actually just trust yourself, know you're good, not think yeah, you're good. It's, it's not one good. of those situations. It, it, um, maybe, you know, it's, it's easy in hindsight to look back and say two points in the lead going into the stones. You know, you're a decent stone lifter. Take your foot off the a gas a bit and just do a safe run. It's easy. Oh, no, I don't, I don't that. believe that. I think it's more a state of mind. I think it's the self pressure. You know, I've seen lots of people, you know, march up and down. I've seen lots of people get ready for, you know, for, for event after event. But there's just sometimes you see he looks like he beats himself up at the times, and I think it's a shame because, yeah, if 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 he truly saw what a lot of us all see, just trust yourself because you're very very good. It's difficult. I I I I don't necessarily agree to be honest. You know, I think he's definitely made mistakes in the past, but who hasn't? Every single athlete has made mistakes, and sometimes in competition. And I mean, you know, what I was trying to say there is maybe he could have taken his foot off the gas a little bit in that situation, but nine times out of ten in elite level contests, you take that risk and yeah. sometimes it'll pay off and sometimes it doesn't. And we're in a, you know, if he goes to world's strongest man and he pulls his foot off the gas, he'll get beat. Yeah. Whereas that risk may pay off. It may not. I never see Bish as the most talented guy out there. You know, yeah. you look at someone like Kilius Koski and you just think, damn, that guy's, you know, gifted. Yeah. Bish isn't that guy. He's the guy that's grafted year after year, progressed time and time again. And, uh, you know, I kind of see myself like that. And sometimes when you're that athlete, you have to take that risk. And yeah. sometimes it pays off. And if you look through my career, there's been times where it paid off. You know, I've won some big major titles. I beat some amazing guys. But there's been times where it didn't pay off as well. And I just think Bish is in that situation. He's not the 
you know, Thor Bjornsson, the, the Brian Shaw, who's been, you know, he's got the physique and the frame and you just got those natural attributes straight away. He is the man that's looked at his body and figured out how to get the best out of it. And yeah. I, I feel sometimes we're all a bit too harsh on him. I'm not, I'm not saying that to take anything away from him. He's an amazing strong man. He's had a great year and probably should have won this competition, but he made a small mistake. It's not to say if he did the same run again, it would have been a completely different outcome. But isn't that the difference between, you know, a champion or not at the time? So that is, that's, that's, you say that, but that's the, the how, how many champions can you look back at and they had that mistake and then suddenly they got over the cross, you know, crossed over the line. Zadrunas yeah. was Mr. Second for years and years and years. Yeah. You know, you can't, it, it's, it's a real hard one. I can look at many sports and I've seen like the guys that become some of the best of all time. And for a while they were, missing out yeah it's you know he's got a good experience now I, I don't think it's going to affect him mentally i think he'll take the positives he'll go move on and i expect a big performance from adam at world's strongest man yeah. this year anyway yeah, it has been nice to see that evolution because say you know he was he was almost cursed at one particular point oh know, a couple of years ago it, with injuries it, and then mistakes and stuff, stuff like that so, but it shows yeah. never give up keep driving oh, hard, no. keep, you know as to say if you want to cross the line you've just got to be in the race Lesser men would have given up way, way, you know, a long time ago. And he's now legitimately one of the top guys in the world. Yeah. Anyway, I want to move away from Europe. I mean, we can, we can, I know you want to discuss a couple of things about Europe. So I'm going to let you, I don't want to talk about the athletes. We, we know there's a lot of videos out yeah. there. If you guys go and check out Official Strongman now, they've got some, some videos up. Um, but obviously both of us, and I think fans in general, are disappointed this wasn't live streamed. Yeah. Yeah, especially with the you know the opportunity to do it, we know that you know clips can come up a few few minutes later. Even if it's not the case of logistically, it's possible to live stream it, but it's going to be recorded. Things can go out you know of an evening. You know, if you're able to do it for a minute, you're able to do it for an hour. Um, I think with the, the services available and the people that have signed up to would would normally have a live stream. You know, for for a normal Giants live show, I think it's a shame that it's it's not been available to them. Um, I think the harshest part about it is that it's probably just down, not down to technology. It's more down to the fact that, you know, without the way everything's been done, maybe they have to look at another revenue stream and this is a financial decision, mm. but it's a shame really that it's the, you know, the fans that end up bearing the cost of that. If it's a case of, you know, monetizing things and, you know, driving, you know, people through YouTube to get snippets, uh, Ultimately, we're all going to watch the show anyway. We've spoken about this for other events over the years, whether it be Worlds, Europe's, or other, other competitions. We'll all sit there as fans and we'll tune in and the viewing figures will remain the same. Um, but I think with the opportunity to actually give people you know, a show when they've been starved of it for such a long period of time, I think I see it as an opportunity missed. Rather one, than a, one thing I think that's quite sad is that you, know, you put these results out and people are going, oh, I didn't even know it was happening. You know, we got we got to build these shows up. You know, I, I know I know the situation this year is 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 strange. I appreciate that, but we, you know, look at other sports. The UFC don't keep quiet about a big fight coming up. You know, boxing's the same. You, you try and promote these guys. You promote the shows. Get the fans in. Get them watching, and then build the sport up. In in that that. As we know, a lot of it is is run from within, and you know, whilst things are good, you have the momentum to do it. You know, maybe people just look at it and say, do you know what, this works. And don't look at it in terms of, it could still be better. There's still much more to be done. It's very hard when you're so encapsulated in your own bubble. 
Oh, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the, you know, I'm, I'm a person that tries to see things from both sides. But yeah. however you look at it, you know, we've seen good improvements in, in certain aspects over the last couple of years. Things still need to improve. Yes. One more thing I'm going to let you talk about with Europe's because I know you mentioned this guy beforehand. Irvin Toots, where did that guy come from? Placing on the podium, tell me about him. Uh, Irvin, uh, I know him for being Rauno's uh, training partner. Uh, he's someone that uh, Rauno discovered as uh, he was bodybuilding at the time. Um, and he's got, you know, just comes into the gym. I, I suppose when you're in these places, much like the boys out in Ireland, so on and so forth, there's very, very few people that you can train with. So you're always, you're always scouting. Um, you've done the same yourself. Uh, looking for training partners, but you know the guy comes in uh, pulling 300 for fun. You know he's a decent physique, but I think the thing with Irvin as well, like a lot of people that find the sport um, post either a powerlifting, bodybuilding, or other other forms of competition, is it just has a draw to it. It's a very fair, f- a fair sort of sense of achievement when you go through, and I think that was him hooked. You know he's been uh, a guy uh, that the Champions League have picked up. Uh, I believe he's been almost like on the, the MVP level. Uh, he showed great promise. And one of the things that I quite like, and this is the bit that I've always been um, a champion of, is that we have a regurgitation of the bigger names because we don't know that they draw them in and we, we, we get drawn towards these headline figures all the time. But one of the things that is you know, often allowed to sort of pass us by until you explain it whether whether you've competed or you coach is that strongman isn't about one event strongman is about what you are as a character what you're capable of doing both heart you know and your body physically uh, and you've got these guys dotted around the countries which have a fantastic application Irvin's one of them you know he's got good numbers none of them are headline but again this is a guy that's carried an injury coming exceptionally late, but he's professional and diligent. But what he is, is he's a strong man. I think what, what kind of, I think recently we've got obsessed with one lift or records. Whereas being a good all round strong man goes a long way when it comes to competition. And there's a lot of guys out there. They don't excel at anything. So it's hard to see them. You know, you don't get that. You don't get those kind of, you know, videos that go viral of these people because they're not doing anything that's groundbreakingly like close to world record level. But they, you you throw them in a contest and every event they're picking up big points. And that's exactly what Irvin did this weekend. You know, good, solid performance, good consistency, performed well on every single event, ended up on the podium. Yeah, and you're talking a guy as well with you know carrying what he's carrying. He's he's running at seventy percent at best, and you just you know was it you telling really, me he came really, in with an injury? Yeah, the guys, the guy, a lot of the guys will tell you as well. Um, yeah, any, any more tape and any more neoprene, he might as well have just turned up in a wetsuit. Was he was he on um, uh, Shivlikov level? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's he's done he's done really well. But I think that's also something that you get with those guys. Um, you know, kind of, kind of in the D category. Not in terms of, not in terms of their talent levels and potential. It's just that I think a lot of people are just given up. We're mm. just not going to get a look in. We're not going to get accepted. So we'll do our own thing. But when it comes through, and I just think I love this. I love the fact that there are the guys out there. I've mentioned people before where you know it's raised eyebrows when I've mentioned people like Kelvin De Reuter. You know. You know, six foot nine, six foot ten. Okay, physically, apart from being an absolute monster, he's not honed. 
But what he is when it comes through, he'd dig in. Mm. He'd be a very good strong man. And I just like the idea that you can throw people like this into competition. He's a legitimate champion, Dutch mm. champion, I think twice or three times. They'll surprise people because they're hungry. The best advice I can give to any of these guys that are sort of knocking on the door, but sort of getting overlooked. I've been in that situation myself. Do not give up. Keep going. Your time will come. You've just got to keep being consistent. Keep knocking on the door. Keep showing people what you're capable of. Keep going to contests. If you keep winning, you get recognized eventually. And I was in that position where there was like, you know, there was a number of British guys that were just ahead of me. And I was, I was beating some of these guys in, in lesser known comps, but you weren't getting the invites. You keep knocking on the door, keep being persistent, keep focused, you'll get your chances. It's we are all really a victim of our own success in the sense that there is only so much stage time, there are only so many spots, um, and whilst we can look and just, you know, if we do kind of unfairly take giants, but also it's, it's testament to what they've done, is that they are the premier show. Yep. You know, and it is falling into the category of being entertainment. And you look at the fact that what's going to put bums on seats. Without that, the whole thing sort of falls down. But at the same time, I don't think we can lose track of the fact that this is primarily and should be focused on as a sport. Sure. And that's where people that are exceptionally good and have that promise and potential do need blooding. And I think we've taken the eye off the ball for that. I admire people like the, the guys at Champions League. I know they run things very differently. and It's a little bit of a conveyor belt and stuff. But do you know what? Maybe they do deserve a little bit more praise. Maybe they do deserve a little bit more sort of airtime from us to seek things out. Because in that pool of those guys, all the way from the B groups down to the F groups, what you're finding in there, you're finding some real gems. You know, and as I say, you can pluck someone out like Irvin that has been flat out, pushed himself, you know, needs a little bit of downtime and he can come in and he can put on a show because ultimately it's the performance that counts. Sure. I mean, you know, and he, he's, he's got his chances to perform well and now hopefully he'll, he'll go on and blossom. Well, he's going to Worlds. Awesome. So, yeah, there's right. the reward. Enough Europe's strongest man. There's plenty of that yes. out there on the internet. There's very little that, no, it was England's strongest man yesterday. You know some a number of the lads competing as well. Some really, really good lads. Lads, lads that have been at UK's, you know, guys that have been on the, the periphery of it, uh, and guys that have been at Giants as well, and people like Paul Smith. Paul Smith, I was just going to say, Paul Smith is an excellent strong man, you know, yeah. and again, comes into that category of very good all round. Not exceptional at anything, but you throw him in a competition, he's going to do well. He's, he's a hard worker, he's a grafter, and he's good. He's a good strong man. I will say one thing, though. He does have the best front hold I've ever seen. He's damn good at the front hold. Much, You've got to give him that. to the disappointment of a few people, but <laughs> I had to throw that one in there just because it makes me laugh. Let's be honest, though. He does have, like, you know, the shortest arms in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, a, tra a trait is a trait, but he's, oh, you know, he, he, he is well, brilliant. He's very diligent. He's someone that I've sent other people to because of his, the, you know, the, the way he looks at biomechanics. He, he himself knows that, you know, shape-wise, he's indifferent to other people, as we all are. Oh, if but, you stand up a bunch of men, you don't put Paul Smith as, as you, the guy you're going to pick out to win. But no. the kid has, for, for a number of years now, has proven himself, you know, time and time again. Great to see him go and win this. Obviously, he's gone on to qualify for UK's Strongest Man. Um, and he's going to be hard to beat. Yeah. 
again, very rounded. Um, some of the guys that competed with him in second place um, was your boy, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Bennett, another yeah. really good all-round athlete. And he's making great yeah. progress right now, really kind of, you know, coming up the ranks. He, he won London's Strongest Man earlier this year. He's making awesome progress, you know, on all of his lifts. And, and what, what I like about Ryan, again, he's focused on being the best strongman he can be. He's not yeah. focusing on, I want the biggest deadlift, I want the biggest log yeah. lift. He's focusing on being as good as he can all round. And he's got that, you know, his deadlift is probably one of his weaker lifts, but we're smashing PBs, you know, all year he's been improving that. His overhead is exceptionally consistent and steady. He moves well. He's got a strong grip. His squat's decent. You know, he's got no big gaping weakness. And every comp he does now, he's either, you know, the last three comps he's done, he's been on the podium, if not winning them. Yeah, I like the fact he's got a bit of fight about him as well. I always like that. I like to see when people are tested. It's, it's very different when you can see people disappointed and they're angry. But when you see people that can find a little bit of a fire and an anger when they're doing well, you know that they're going to be dangerous. And I think you might know a little bit about that. Oh, I, I know a thing or two about that, for sure. And it's, 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 it's great being in like a different position now with athletes, you know, helping, trying to guide these guys in their careers. And, and obviously having that experience helps massively because to a lot of these younger guys, it's all that matters. Yeah. You know, the, the development of their sport. And, and, you know, when their comps are getting cancelled and stuff, because of that, you know, I guess inexperience of life and stuff, all they care about is strongman. And they, they want to be as good as they can. And I remember being like that, being pissed off if a comp was cancelled or, or things were changed. Obviously, as you get older, you realise why these things happen. But it's then channelling that aggression to stay focused and right. My, my, my kind of, you know, my, my go-to is always, it's time for you to get more experience now, you know, you, you, you can get better in this time. I'm going to pick on third place as well, because I think Andrew Flynn, Andrew Flying Flynn, uh, definitely deserves a mention, not for making the podium, getting third and getting back to UKs, but Andrew, like a lot of people, suffered um, back problems, uh, was, was barely able to touch his toes let alone pick up a deadlift bar. And that wasn't long back. Um, I've watched his work. I've watched him um, go through some of the most frustrating and probably some of the most soul-crushing rehabilitation, you know, two steps forward, five back. And he never once quit. Yeah. And whilst it might be third place and you might want more, as I say, this is a guy that was... Uh, I think he got a 180 overhead. And we're not talking about a very big guy. We're talking about someone that's around the, the 110, 115 mark. He's quite you know, a, it's a, it's a, f a very impressive you know, overhead. But 330 deadlift for reps uh, for a guy that, you know, for all intents and purposes, two and a half, three months ago, wasn't able to touch his toes. Uh, I think he's fantastic. You know, he's, he was away with the stone. I think he's 180 kilo stone. Um, I just like the fact that what you have here is you have someone to champion. Again, it's just that diminutive figure, really. He's an exceptionally fit guy. He showed at UK's before against everyone else. Pick it up, carry and run with it. Yeah. He is in a, almost a league of his own. Um, well, I, I didn't know who he was until you kind of mentioned him to me last year when he qualified for the UK's. And watching him at the UK's, he picked up that Husafel stone. Yeah. And he just with it. Destroyed, destroyed the record, I think, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, and it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, for everyone out there, when you're going through those phases, 
and you will do. This isn't table tennis. This isn't football. You know, this isn't a case of picking up an injury and you're just working through. You're going to be in very little sports in the world that where once you come back from an injury, you are testing yourself under extreme load to get further and further into heavier and heavier weight. You know, the psychological aspect of this is exceptionally testing. I think what he's done is probably going to set himself up very well for what comes next. And I expect to see big things. Um, another honourable mention as well is going to go to a guy called Ben Williams. Uh, trains with um, Dale McPherson, uh, who's known to the likes of Donna Moore and I think most of the people in the North West. He's probably the only man in existence that can out-talk me. Um, <laughs> he's nuclear-powered, but Ben Ben put in a performance, got fourth place. He will be going. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to say, I'd expect again, this is a kid that's probably going to surprise a few people on the way through. If you, if you haven't seen him or, or been aware of him, you soon will, because he looks, he looks a beast. Well, it's a, it's a quick turnaround these guys have got. It's only about three or four weeks now till the yeah. UK's Strongest Man. And um, obviously it's all been postponed, 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 thrown back. And then suddenly they're just like, right, we're going to do it. And the guys have just had to be ready. So it's like back in the old days. <laughs> it is. Everything's like it right now. Even yeah. from trying to find out the results this weekend. When I when I first got involved in Strongman, you'd be like looking on all the forums, someone would message yeah. you trying to and it was like that, which is terrible. We're you know, we're twenty and twenty, we should be getting these things a lot easier. But it did remind me of that kind of nostalgic. Great to see people back in comps, great to see some sort of new faces coming through, uh, in the mix with old older guys as well. Um, but I think it's just it's just going to sort of reignite that sort of lust to get back because it's always it's always the part of when you see people in competition and your heart aches a little bit and it's just right okay that's where I, that's where I want to be back and it's it's great to see some of the efforts over the weekend I think it's the whole thing really has just been a good catalyst I think for what comes next um, as you say UK's is three weeks away. Beginning we of know October. where exactly it is because it was in the north of England, but it's, it's I now believe it's in Cain. Belfast, but um, that's as much as I know right now. Yeah, um, okay. not sure if people are going to. I think it's an outdoor show, so I'm not sure what the the rules are with with fans and stuff like that yet. You'd have to keep an eye on the um, you yeah. know, you, the Ultimate Strongman websites, but yeah, it's it's not long. The guys are going to be you know straight back into training, focused on that, and yeah, if. It's going to be an interesting contest this year, the UK's. It's always, a lot of people don't really, it, it's the feeder show. You know, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but obviously Britain's is the show that the top, top athlete, you get all the, you know, the likes of Bish, Stoltmans, Luke Richardson. They are the, the elite crop of British guys. Is this purely though for the fact that Britain's gives you that ticket? Gives you the golden ticket at the end of it. But when you actually look at UKs, and obviously, you know, we've discussed this in, in, in the past, I would still take some of the events, you know, from UKs because I don't think, I think you know yourself, I think Graham's found this out, I think anyone that drops, drops in and has a bit of a go, I'd rather take on the Giant Stones than I would the UK Stones. Well... You know, those 22 I'll say about the UKs, I do love that there's... A lot of variety to the yeah. events, and there's a lot. I mean, it's a brutal competition. Thirteen events. The only the only issue I have with the UK, say say, you know, I'm, and I'm not trying to make any excuses here, but the year I came, well, power beat me. If you took all the events, I would have been miles ahead of him. But yeah. because after each day it goes back to zero, 
you, yeah. you then come to a final day where it's just five events again. Yeah. And I fucked up on one event and that cost me winning the title. Yeah. I like the fact that it's got so much variety. I like the fact that it's got a qualifying system to get to. I like the fact that Glenn focuses on a family entertainment show. There's just been a few situations that people falling out, etc. That's why you don't get some of the top guys there. I think, I think. Administrative uh, refinement. Yeah, a little bit of refinement. I think, I think the UK is, honestly, I think the UK is a great show. I, I think, uh, you know... I, if it's I, I, still done in the same format out in Ireland later this year as well, I think that's testament to them because, you know, putting anything on is hard. Running that format under these conditions is, is, is very, very good. And no matter what anyone says about the lineup in terms of, you, you know, you, know, you might not get the real elite English guys there or Scottish guys, etc. It's a tough competition. I don't care I mean, who you are. Seen. You ask, like, I, I've done it. Hixie's done it. You know, Eddie did it in in the past. It's thirteen events over three days, yeah. and they're tough events. They're heavy, hard events at the UK's. It's a tough show, and you know, it it really does bring out a lot of talent. It, yeah. it gives us the opportunity to see some you know future big big names, and and whoever wins that title, it's a good title to win. There's been some good names win it. Jimmy Marcus won it. Glenn Ross, Eddie Hall, Terry Hollands, myself. You know, there there's some good strong men that have won that title. And as I say, I think in terms of the strongman themselves, if you've taken part in it and been there, it's kudos because it's, you know, you know, you know how brutal that can be over that three-day period. And it catches people out. It really does. Anyway, staying in Ireland, this weekend, James Hickey broke the Masters deadlift world record. We saw Misha Shivlikov and Terry Hollands going for this record as part of the World Ultimate Strongman Feats of Strength. This guy, James... <laughs> No one knows who he is. He's gone and pulled 435 kilos. I think he's about 42, 43 years old. Um, he may be older than that. I apologize for, you know, if I got the, the age wrong, but 435 kilos. That's what I pulled at my prime. That was me at my best. And, and it's a hell of a lift as well. If you're going to pull a world record and make it look like it's probably your second attempt at a three, you know, with a Hail Mary to go, it's a hats off moment because it really is a, an exceptionally impressive lift. That, you know, that's yeah, it's it's well driven. It's quick off the ground. You know, no real hitch to it. You know, just a little bit of a leg pull and he's away. You know, but brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Lift. I, I really hope this guy gets an opportunity. You know, to to lift at a big stage because yeah. that's twice now he's broken this record. And, you know, we all know, you know, the big names get those opportunities. Sometimes, as we've said earlier, there's great talent out there that just need a chance. Well, hopefully, as I say, he gets back to us and there's a, a little spot and we can just go, and here he is. Yeah. You know, and you can see the lift. But, you know, you'll tag him in, put his, uh, his Instagram in there as well and, and, and show him a little bit of love as well because it, it's great, obviously, that when we, we have the showcases for, for these elite-level lifters, but a pound is a pound and it's a kilo is a kilo. And if you've got the world record for, for lifting it, you deserve all the praise and admiration. I'd love to see him come back, you know, three or four months down the line and attempt 440. I don't see why he can't do it. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about the Stoltmans opening up their gym this weekend. Yeah. Um, Have, obviously, if, we know if, that Tom's got concentrated into, you know, his, his concentration is at the moment is for what is a stratospheric, you know, leap in the world record. Um, but one of the, un, you know, the unsung sides of this is that 
if you want to be professional and you have to earn your own money, you know, and it's not always for endorsements, you know, there are people that do coaching, working, grafting, the whole, the whole sort of smorgasbord of ways to keep a roof over your head to keep you in the sport that you love. One of the things that I've really, really enjoyed through lockdown as well is, is Luke's voice to, to his people, you know, the nation of Scotland, and just saying, look, we do need to get people back in gyms. We do need to get people fit and healthy. Um, he's been exceptionally encouraging. Um, he's been very knowledgeable and diligent in the way that he's articulated this outwardly to people. Uh, and he's opened up his own facility. Um, they've done it in true Stoltman fashion. Yeah, the, the, the facility looks great, firstly. You know, it, it does look good. I really want to get a chance to go up there. But the Stoltmans being the Stoltmans, they, they don't think, do things by halves. And if anyone follows, particularly Luke Stoltman, and saw <laughs> the um, opening of the gym, yeah. <laughs> I think it all started off quite, he was dressed up in his, his kilt and looking all smart yeah. and stuff. So very, very the, tidy. By the evening, he's in those, those little budgie smugglers jumping <laughs> into the, the cold pool and, and lifting Atlas stones. <laughs> it was... Yeah. Hilarious to see. I actually mind messaged your, him the next mind day. Your injury, kid. You know? yeah. He's obviously. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's brilliant because it, it it falls into that category of what I've always tried to say to athletes or sports people of where to try and sweet spot yourself. In that, please take what you do immensely seriously. Just don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. And I think the balance of those guys. Okay, it might tilt a little bit from one to the other but i think on the on the whole they've averaged it out quite well um yes. because if they they bring a smile to your face on something which is, is I think brutal that's, that, that's that's a reason i think people like them so much they come across as real they don't come across as two robots you know they're they're real people um they're engaging you know luke is just himself when you see him on camera he's just a funny nice guy you know but you let he, he lets you see that passion when he's disappointed he lets you see when he's happy and i think the fact that we get to see that personality and we're seeing it more with tom now as well at first tom was i think tom's shyness and you know we've, we've spoken about his asperger's and you know i think he's coming out of his shell a bit more now and he just looks like he he, he lets you see the fun side of him and yeah. people get behind that they really do rather than he's the, a big soft lad He's a really big, soft lad. Yeah. And but the thing is as well, regardless of your stature and regardless of your size, what's inside you is worth protecting. And if you've been on the receiving end of a few nasty comments, and if you've been on the receiving end of a bit of cruelty, you can understand that you're going to put people at arm's, arm's distance. Yeah. It's just that this guy has very, very long arms. <laughs> it's lovely, though, to actually see some of his true nature coming out. Okay, we get to see the silliness as well but we get to see a soft side to him how, as well. How many of us are silly behind the scenes, you know? Yeah, we're all idiots. You know, we're, all, we're, we're all big soft buggers as well, really. Yeah, we are. You know, big emotional that's, soft. That's where, that's where you want to be. If you've got to be comfortable in your own skin, and regardless of your size and stature, you always have things that you love, you always have silly little things that make you laugh, and yeah. you... You know, we're, we're big children. And I think, I think when you're younger, you can worry too much. You sort of worry what people think. And as you get older, you realise... Just be yourself, you know. Yeah. People are like you. It's more a very hard lesson to get to. Oh. But in terms of Luke's development, I, I, I cannot understate his importance to this sport. He is genuinely someone that I would earmark and place a huge amount of responsibility on as he goes forward for a genuine ambassador for the sport. And that's not just in terms of outwardly. 
you know, I think the respect that he gets from the other athletes and the manner in which he looks at it, he's a very, very selfless guy. Yeah, he is. You know, and very, I think very he's supportive of everyone. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's a rarity. That's a rarity in a in a top level athlete. Yeah, you know most most top level athletes are self centered, focused on themselves. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying they shouldn't be, but yeah. with Luke, you genuinely see that supportiveness and caring nature come out. We probably saw it a bit too much in terms of an, an athlete perspective early on, because as we've spoken about before, he was very happy to be there, almost guide rail his brother. Yeah, and and be that stabilizer just to get him freewheeling. I actually yeah, think with, with Luke, half of it was, I just need to keep pushing Tom. As long as I push Tom, I'm doing the right thing. He just so happened to push Tom to such a level that Luke is now a world-class strongman and capable of winning international yeah. shows. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, when we spoke earlier about you know, being a strongman, I know Tom will always be looked upon for his stones, but you are looking at two lads which are rounded, you know, they, there are very, very few, you know, whilst there might be a bit of a peak now, I mean, you've always spoken about having, um, and I know you spicy boys looking, and I'm going to say the word, you know, you've got to have a weapon in this sport. We're not <laughs> talking about that. Um, you know, actually having an event of which you can eclipse other athletes. Um, it, is, it is about smoothing the bottom line. Um, and, uh, we've done it brilliantly, but they've done it brilliantly over a number of years. And it is to say that's where, you know, building into this when we were talking about other athletes, that's where you look and just say, do you know what? I actually think the most dangerous person out there at the moment would be someone like a Luke Stoltman because there are very few rough edges now. Mm. Well, I think it's going to be interesting when it gets to World's Strongest Man to see who's in shape. Obviously, this year, I mean, we spoke about the softer, I guess, say, Europe's Strongest Man. It's going to be a softer World's Strongest Man. There's, yep. there's already, there's no Thor. Obviously, he's retired. Martins has recently announced he's not going to be competing. Yep. Kieliuszkowski is a question mark coming back from triceps. I think a lot of the guys that actually have to travel in at the moment until we until we're in a position of where we know categorically that we're okay to travel. Yeah. I don't think you can rule anything out. You know, no, I, I, mean, I wouldn't rule out the fact it could just be Britain versus USA um, in that format. But make no bones about it, the names that we took alone out of our five athletes being sent, two Stoltmans, a Bishop, a, a, you know, a Luke Richardson, and a Graham Hicks, that is some of the top 15 in the world. Yeah. Like, you know, legitimately, because the likes of the Shivlikovs are dropping outside of that now. Age catches up with you. Consistency, as you break down, you know, you'll always be a legend, but unfortunately, time, time doesn't have any sympathy. Well, that's why you I'm know, here, Mark. In this now, yeah, not yeah, trying to compete yeah. with these youngsters. Yeah. It's, why, it's, it's, it's why my boots got hung up best part of a decade ago. Um, but no, it's and whilst the focus ahead of um, a lot of the other the competitions would be, you know, which European athletes aren't there, all the people that they were talking about, okay, we got four or five names, but they weren't always the ones that I was looking at because I was looking at champions from their countries. They might not be the headline guys at the moment, but if you are truly picking the best on the planet, we have the, we I, have the biggest I, percentage. Well, using that then, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Who would you pick as our number one? Who is the number one British guy right now? That's a, um, hard, a hard question to answer. If you're telling me to pick the person that 
has the right to be called it through competition at the moment, then we are sending Adam Bishop because he is Britain's strongest man. You know, I understand as well that by default, Graham Hicks goes out with some form of parity because he didn't attend Worlds when he was Britain's strongest man. But if you're asking me in terms of what goes out there um, as the biggest banker danger man, then I'm going to say it's Luke Stoltman. If you're asking me which goes out there as the biggest potential danger man, then it's Luke Richardson and Tom Stoltman. But the fact that you are going to have to nitpick and dissect everything to the umpteenth degree, we are in a privileged position where we can send five athletes out, whereas once before it's a little bit of hit and hope. We can sit back this year and with a little bit of luck for all these lads and champion them all the way, we could see one of our boys top of that podium and probably take another spot. And that, it, it, that's exactly it. I mean, it's one of the things I love about Strongman. I mean, is that every competition's different. Yeah. So, I, and I've, I've said this for a number of years. I think all of them, Bish, Richardson, the Stoltmans and Hicksy can all beat each other. Depending. I love the fact that we have this because oh. I would love to see. I would love to see these guys once every six weeks train, yeah, and push as a unit and really, you know, almost like an old changing room where you are picking holes in one another. It is a brutal existence because you know Bish will know this from rugby and stuff like that. When you're in those environments and when you play in there, no one's doing it to break you down. They're doing it to make you robust. They're making sure that by the time you go out there, you have trained harder than you'll ever play. Yeah. So when you stand shoulder to shoulder, we spoke about mind games, you know, prior to this with someone like Vitalis, who will stand there, look, give a wry smile or something, and, and wipe three people out of competition. These guys will know when they go out there, they're that good. Mm. Because you're not going to beat the competition that we have as a unit and we have as a squad. What they're doing for our sport right now, you know, over the next couple of years, we'll be in the best position we've ever been in. And that's where everyone then can look. And I think that forward momentum drags others along. So we're looking at sweet spot in that. And this is no disrespect to the people that have gone and been before, but I've always stated this. There is a massive difference between a winner and a champion. And what we have at the moment is the potential... We have, pe we have people that champion the sport, but we have winners that can champion everything for us. You know, they're being there for a long period of time, you know, because you can look, you can look at that big grey area, you know, which no one really sort of talks about. They talk about the origin story. They talk about the, the name in light. But what they don't talk about is this big sort of massive grey area. What was that? That was the tears. That was the hard work, the application. You know, my association to you wasn't because you were European strongest man. My association to you and my want to come and speak to you and, and then learn was a man that was sat in a tent one point, you know, close to tears. And then a year later, winning yeah. with fire because I saw the application, the effort. That's what that's the story that is often missed. And that's the story that people don't figure out because it's not pretty. No. But it is very real. And I think that's, that's something we're trying to do now is bring that real part of the athletes over to the fans now. 
And, you know, like you say, I mean, I think the British strongman has improved so much since the sort of early 2000s. You had like Ollie Thompson, believe it or not, Mark Felix and, and, yeah. and Terry Hollands. You know, they, they were the guys that inspired me. Then I sort of came on the scene. Guys like Jimmy Marku, there's a guy called Mark Westerby. And then, yeah. you know, the, we had guys that were going to Worlds, making the final. Eddie Hall came along. There's what, I think 2014, three of us were in the final of World's Strongest Man. First time ever. You got three Brits in the final. Um, last year, we had three Brits in the final. You know, we could have four or five Brits in the final soon. I wouldn't, I wouldn't discredit what's gone before too, too much, purely for the fact that it's, it's very sort of coy carp. You can only grow to your pool. Mm. You know, and, and what there is now, because I'll be honest, in terms of the, the, the way that it's brought forward and the, the marketing, the education about athletes and the, the sport and the events themselves, I wouldn't say is much more advanced. I would look at some of the events, I'd look at some of the shows and just say, do you know what, they're a bit formulaic, they're a bit set, you know, copy and paste. They're, You're talking they're about actually, the, the, the show productions? Yeah, sometimes, like the competitions themselves, you actually look at it, do you know what, without the athlete actually coming through as a marketable aspect of it, the actual show themselves aren't that great. Whereas if you go back to, to points of where you talk about people that are a character by nature and maybe if they had Instagram back then, you know, probably not one of the greatest strongmen on a world level, but certainly a very, very good character for British is people like Bill Pittock, who'd yeah. stand there and entertain. And yeah. he would be grafting, he would be putting, you know, so I think when you then look at those events and you look at the natural stone on a bar and the behind the net press and, you know, the lots of mistakes that could be made, I think you could take bits from each era and then put something together which would transcend everything. We yeah. should always be learning. To say that we're at a point now where the athletes are maximising what you can do in the show, I think it's up to the shows now to expose the athletes and give them something else to graft towards. Just giving people numbers to hit isn't entertaining anymore. No, it's brilliant. These are things brilliant for a snapshot and clickbait, but no more. Yeah, these these are things we can talk about over the weeks, and yeah. you know we want you guys as as the kind of fans of the sport to to comment below. Let us know what kind of subjects you want Marcus and myself to discuss. We are none of us are right. None of us are wrong. It's just our opinion, and it's the passion that we have. We we sport. disagree on things all the time, which is is part and parcel. But That's we're why both, we're here. We're both after the same result, which is we want the sport to grow. We want things to get better. And yeah. I think all of us essentially want that. Athletes, fans, everyone, promoters. If, if we don't, then we're, we're probably doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know the remit for this one as well. I've always been an advocate of no athlete, no show. And whilst you have this opportunity to be able to you know, encourage and detail so many athletes from so many different countries and nations and bring them all together... I don't like the idea that we're just picking bits. Mm. I think there has to be a wider approach to it. And I think we've got the resource and capability to do it. So I will always be focused around the athlete. I'll always look at their treatment. I'll always look at the fact that Talk, we have talking to Talking of the focus on athletes, over the coming weeks, you're going to kind of, you know, get some chats with some of the up-and-coming athletes. Yep. You know, I'm going to dig a few lads out that I've spotted, you know, well, lads and lasses, depending on sort of who I can sort of reach out to. Just quick little bits and pieces, but I just want to put them under the spotlight so you guys can have a look. And also, guys, I want you guys to let us know of people you want us to be looking at, because we don't know everyone. Um, no. there's, there's, there's some hidden gems out there in terms of talent. We want to find new people. We want to give people the opportunity. So if you know anyone that you think's worth us looking into, 
do not forget to comment below. We're going to be doing some giveaways over the next few weeks, uh, merchandise and Team Affinity products as well. Marcus is the man behind Team Affinity. He is sponsoring this show. And obviously for those, I mean, there's a lot of strongman community now using your products and, and getting great results from them. The bags are literally everywhere at a strongman competition. If you don't have a Team Affinity caveman bag, are you really a strongman? It's going to be the, the slogan going forward. I think Donna Moore was the first one to coin that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they are great bags, to be honest. I mean, you know, I've, I've done a, um, a review, if you guys look through my videos, on what's in my gym bag. And you can fit an awful lot in, in the, the caveman bags. They have a, a cool section for food. There's a section for your shoes. There's all sorts of little sections to keep everything separate. Really easy, comfortable, good quality bags. And literally it's now... Yeah, I'll say it was just Every one of those things. Everything, everything made was just learning as I went. I just wanted to make to a standard. So, uh, but it's not. It's like the stuff that has been gone. You try and filter little bits and pieces back in. There'll be a number of people out there, hopefully, uh, that would be appreciative of the fact that we're able to put a little bit back into the pot um, and try and encourage people all the way through. You know, it's led to the you know the chances to speak to like the Andrew Thompsons and so on and so forth. Aaron, Brian. Uh, and just assist these guys coming through, Sean Logan, you know, yourself or even at one point. Um, it's, yeah, you don't take from your sport. You just sort of regurgitate, put back in, and you try and help the whole thing sort of move along. So, you know, it's been a privilege to be able to do it. Talking of helping, are you giving the fans of this show a discount code to, to uh, get products? Yes, I will do. Um, I'm, and I'm, I'm putting him on the change. spot here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it's a little dis discount. Um, you can use Uncle Loz, uh, and Uncle Loz just gets you 5% off, and that is across the store. That's not any particular range. That's not supplements, bags, anything like that. It is across the board. Uh, it's a couple of quid off. Um, I do. I, I think, to be fair to Mark, because I know he wants to put a lot back into the sport. You know, he, he's helping a lot of the smaller shows that, that they just get nothing. Um, so, you know, it is going back into the sport if you use the code. Uncle Oz gets you 5%, but you're supporting Strongman. And Marcus is sponsoring this show. So thank you very much to Team Affinity and Marcus himself. Guys, that's it for this week. We're going to be back every Monday. We're going to try and do a live show once a month where we allow you guys to ask all your questions. But remember, comment below. Let us know what you want to see, what you want to hear from us. And hopefully you all enjoyed show number one. From myself, Uncle Oz, and the caveman, we'll catch you next week. Take care. See you next week. Bye-bye.